So the Bible reading is found in John's Gospel, chapter 13, and starting to read at verse 31. Therefore, when Judas Iscariot was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, Whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. This is the last of our series on new things, at least at this time. I think you will have selected my verse for today. Verse 34, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Words that were spoken by none less than the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've kept this reference in reserve for a concluding emphasis on this series, because I think this verse has no equals, at least in this life or in Christian experience. And whatever else we possess, we only have to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, to see the value that God puts on divine love. The new commandment, he said, that I give to you is that ye love one another. In fact, that chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, finishes with these words, Now abideth faith, hope, love, but the greatest of these is love. And I think it is it that has been referred to as the Queen of Graces. So let's go to the text and get into the message that the Lord Jesus Christ left with his disciples just before he was ready to go to the cross. The setting is the upper room of Jerusalem. The Lord and his eleven disciples are meeting for the final evening before leaving for Gethsemane and the ultimate crucifixion of the Lord Jesus the next day. Judas Iscariot has been one of the number up until a few moments previous to this point. He has just exited the room, and now the master and his eleven disciples are meeting together for these final moments on their communication and the message that he wants to leave with them. It's called the Upper Room Discourse, and it runs from here right through to the end of chapter 16, and then we are led into the high priestly prayer of our blessed Lord when he prays for his disciples and indeed prays for his people who would follow him through all the countless ages to come. Final words are significant words. He knew these men better than they knew themselves. And they were going to need this message, and they were going to need this love for each other in the hours to come. Their love would be tested. Their allegiance to him would be tested to the limit. And so he's emphasizing to them, he said, you need 
my love in your hearts. And you need to have this love for each other. The word love appears 12 times in the Gospel of John in the first 12 chapters. That's easy to remember, 12 times in the first 12 chapters. But the word love occurs 44 times in chapters 13 to 21. So it's the key word of this second half of the gospel. It's also the burden of his high priestly prayer in John chapter 17. Some years ago, there was a Wesleyan theologian. Her name was Mildred Bangs Wincoop, and she wrote a book called A Theology of Love. I have that book, and it was a book that challenged my heart very much because it was emphasizing the mainspring and the heartbeat of the Wesleys and their theology, a theology of love. The favorite word that John Wesley had for his message of full salvation was uh, perfect love. Sometimes people speak about his message of Christian perfection, And whilst he spoke about uh, perfection of heart and motive and life, his preferred term was perfect love. And we read about it in John's Gospel, and we read about it in John's Epistle as well. And the Wesleys had a theology of love. Now, when Jesus said uh, a new commandment, the word new doesn't just mean new in time. In actual fact, It's not new in time because we find it in Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 18, where God says, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So it was even a principle under the age of the law given by God to his people after they had left uh, Egypt and when they were at Mount Sinai and the Lord was giving them the laws of life, he said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So it was an important principle and an important factor in life over 3,000 years ago. So what does the word new mean? Well, the word new, as it is used here, means fresh or new in experience, not something that is worn out. He said, I want you to have something that is a new commandment in that it is a refreshing of an old message. It is an experience of grace in your hearts that is vital and vibrant and alive and operational. And how much we need this reminder in the 21st century. Is there a yardstick or a benchmark by which we may measure this love? Well, there is. And it's found right there in the verse. As I have loved you, that ye also may love one another. It wasn't very long after this that they would see his love for them in action. They always knew that he loved them, but they could never have known that his love would go to such lengths because it was the cross that was the revelation and became the revelation of the love that he had for them and the love that he has for you as well today and for me. A love that knows no limit. A love that was willing to lay down its life for those who were not for him. God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And while we were yet sinners, it emphasizes 
not because we gave him anything, not because we showed any affection toward him, but even in our rebelliousness, he loved us with a love that was willing to die for us. And Calvary gave a new meaning, a new dynamic, a new power to the concept of love and loving, and became the benchmark for the love that Jesus Christ is speaking about here, a self-sacrificing love, a love that goes beyond, uh, a love that's willing to uh, be poured out as, as broken bread and poured out wine. But it was going to take more than just a commandment to make it real in their own lives. How in the world would these men ever have that love? How could they ever uh, show that love? How could they ever demonstrate it to others? Uh, like he says to them right here, that ye love one another. Well, it was going to take a coming of the Spirit to make it a reality in their own lives. You know, in their own ministry, during the earthly ministry of our Savior, there was many a time when there were things that went on between the disciples that weren't a very good reflection of love. And so it was going to take something more to give them a love that would have a capacity and a power in it that would uh, uh, reach out regardless of the circumstances. And that coming of the Spirit at Pentecost on these same men, on these same people, and others with them, in the upper room again after the resurrection and the ascension of our Lord, that gave them the capacity and the power of divine love. And it is the sanctifying power of the Spirit that perfects the soul in love. This kindled the flame that burned for the Savior. This was what equipped the apostolic church. This was what fanned the flame of evangelism in the early church. This was what burned in the missionary endeavor of that early church so that in the first century it reached through Asia Minor, reached all across North Africa, moved into Europe. What a tremendous flame of zeal and fire in the apostolic church, in the early church of the first hundred years. What was it? It was the dynamic power of the spirit of love working through these people and those who believed in them. And it was this that gave the great revivals their impetus down through the centuries. It was the church leader Tertullian who lived from 155 to 220 AD who quoted the pagans as saying of the Christians, see how they love one another. And that was said as they were being sent to their martyrdom, as they were being choraled in the great uh, uh, amphitheaters of Rome and the lions were being released, uh, the hungry lions to devour them. Jesus said, By this, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. You know, my friends, if a skeptical world could see genuine love and action more often. They might be more easily convinced of the reality of our experience. Unfortunately, the testimony of the church is so often marred by criticism and disagreements and harshness and hardness. And I say with all my heart, we could all benefit from a fresh baptism of spirit-controlled and spirit-empowered love. 
and have a theology of love, not just as a doctrine, but as a vibrant experience of the heart. Not just a filial love which you find in families one for the other, as siblings and as relations, but a charis love, a divine love. Agape is the word that is used in the Greek language. A love that's not of ourselves, but a love that is implanted by the Spirit of God from the heart of God. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16, again, this same man, John, writing later in life in the epistle, says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he, Jesus, laid down his life for us. That's not the end of the verse, by the way. Here's the sequel. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ. And that's not the end of the verse. Here's the sequel. And love one another as he gave us commandment. I wonder how this works out in your life. I wonder today, are you harsh and critical? I wonder today, are you bitter Is there a bitterness in your heart toward some brother or sister in the Lord? What about a baptism of divine love that would well up in your heart and that would touch the lives of the people that you feel aggrieved about? A love that feels for all. So often we sing, and it's easy to sing sometimes, and we don't really mean it. I want, dear Lord, a love that feels for all, a deep, strong love that answers every call, a love like thine, a love divine, a love for high and low. On me, dear Lord, a love like this bestow. These wonderful words are left with us today as a reminder of our sequel and sequence of thoughts on new things, a new commandment, says the Lord Jesus, I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another.